0: Welcome to this podcast from Christchurch Blackpool. For more information, please visit ccblackpool.co.uk. Right. Yes, uh, we really appreciate um, those of you who've been able to make it to uh, our taster sessions for TSL, Transformed Supernatural Life. And um, uh, if Ben hasn't had a chance to show it, there's a little promotional uh, video Um, And so if you're interested in the school at the end of September, there's a price break at the end of July, which is done uh, deliberately partly to enable it to be cheaper for you, but to encourage people not to leave it all to the last minute because... That's what happens with Christian events. People book in in the last few days. So there is a little application form for, for the autumn. But um, there have been really great times. Can I encourage you as well about Quinta? I know it's over a year or so. So our church has been to the Quinta for quite a few years. Uh, it's a really, really lovely place. Uh, lots of sort of... I mean, you, you're going to meet God there. But like for the kids and the youth, there's loads of space. Football pitches. Heated swimming pool. It's, it's very good. It's very good indeed. <laughs> okay, so if you don't know Helen and I, um, we are from the south, uh, but uh, we're sort of like adopted northerners. So we've been up here, I can't believe it, nearly, nearly 28 years. Um, so when um, New Frontiers was sort of in its infancy in, in church planting, uh, there was sort of, sort of clear vision and direction to sort of break out from the southeast, which is where our, our roots were. There were sort of prophetic visions. And there's the the church that had been going in Manchester for a short time. I haven't got time to tell the story, but the Lord really, uh, I would say, ambushed us, really. (laughs) Uh, We we had the idea of church planting. But, you know, when you live south of London, the the north starts at Watford Gap. Uh, So, you you know, Bolton. And one of our friends said, where's Bolton? Is that in Essex? You know. (laughs) So it was a journey into the, the unknown and um, we, we've been through this, this sort of stage, you know, where you're, you're building community, you're building culture, and I just want to encourage you, you're doing really well. Uh, you know, you can really sense the togetherness uh, with, with your fellowship and, and the feels of freedom in, in worship, uh, you know, so it's not something that just happens automatically, you know, we need to keep pressing in, but you're doing the right things, and, and you, you, you're doing well. Uh, we've got two grown-up children. Um, one of them, until recently, lived in Norwich with his family, so we understand how far it is for the youth to travel to, to New Day. Um, they've moved to Frankfurt, part of a church plant over there. Um, and uh, to tell you how, how, show you how long it takes to get to Norwich, it's the same time for us now to fly to Frankfurt as it used to be to drive to Norwich. Um, and our other daughter is uh, in, in Bedford, so not exactly around the corner, but uh, a, a little bit nearer, close to home. Okay, well, what, what I want to, to talk about this morning, I just want to pick up on the lines of one, one of the songs. Um, it it said, help me know that you are near. Help me to know that you are near. So I want to talk about pursuing God and his manifest presence. Now, you could immediately come back to me and say, but God's everywhere. And you're correct in that. Uh, You know, Psalm 139, he says, where can I run from your presence? And, And the answer is obviously nowhere. So when we use this sort of language, pursuing God is it that God's like a long way off and or God's hidden himself and he doesn't want us to find him no, I think you know that's not, not what we're talking about so to understand what it does mean to pursue God as with everything we really need to start with God and, and what he says about himself how he reveals himself to us so we're going to look at how God does indeed want us to find him not just to find him but actually this is really what we're talking about with this language to know him to be in a close intimate relationship with him not to know him just from a distance I know about the queen but I'm not friendly with the queen myself maybe somebody is here and God wants far more for us with him than just to know that he's there somewhere Okay, so so first of all, God's heart is for us to know Him and to be in close relationship with Him. That's God's desire. We're not having to persuade God. Oh, is it all right if I come close? God's very heart and nature is that we know Him and are close to Him. So yeah, you can you know, and especially on a beautiful day like this, you you look out and there's lots of things in creation creation which point to God but God especially wants to make himself known to us to his people so let me just give you three obvious examples from scripture you could think of more than this right back at the beginning in Genesis God walked with Adam in the cool of the day you know there before everything was spoiled before sin came in and muddied the waters what was God doing he was close He was in conversation. And when Adam and Eve did sin, what was God's first response? Adam, where are you? By by implication, God saying, Hold on, I'm I'm missing something here. This this thing that I love doing, walking and talking with you. Oh, we there's something wrong and we need to put that right. Or think of Moses. You know, God spoke to Moses out of the burning bush. What what did Moses say? Uh, So what did God say to Moses? I've seen the suffering of my people. Their cry has risen to me. So so God's words revealed like a heart of compassion. I want to help my people. And I see that they're struggling. And the same applies to us when we're struggling. Or a third example with Elijah. Uh, You know where there was the earthquake and the wind and the fire. And in a mysterious way it says God wasn't in those things. But then it says, after the fire came a small, small voice. And then a little bit later on in the story, when Elijah's in the cave, uh, God says to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? So again, God, was, God wasn't asking a question because he didn't know the answer. God asks us questions sometimes because he wants to draw something out from us. What is a part he wants to bring close What is broken, he wants to reconcile. God's heart is he wants to know you and for you to know him and be close to him. That's why we pursue God, (laughs) because he wants to be found. We want to be found. We've got to get that settled in our heads. We get distracted from that. We find that, can I really believe that? Is that really true? Yes, it is. God wants us to pursue him. Now, what is, the, what is the clearest and the fullest evidence which we need to hold on to sometimes when we're struggling that God wants us to know him? I mean, surely Jesus. You know, we sung about coming from the glory to the, the cradle in the dirt. He didn't have to do that. He really didn't have to do that, but he wanted to. And he chose to. And you think of the verse at the beginning of uh, John's Gospel in chapter 1. It talks about uh, the one and only Son who is himself God has made himself known. He's, he's, he's seen our mess. He's seen our rebellion. And he could have reacted in so many other ways. But what was his response? I want to make myself known to you. Not when you're in a nice worship time. Not when you're having a good day. When you're at your worst point. I'm coming to you and I want to make myself known to you. And then you get people like the Apostle Peter when he writes this letter late, later on in his life. He says, oh yeah, we, we ourselves heard the voice talking about the transfiguration. When we were with him on the sacred mount. oh we were there. Jesus, the eternal God came to us, made himself known to us, revealed the Father to us. Wow, wouldn't that... I I think to myself sometimes, I'm sure you thought this at some point, wouldn't that have been amazing to have been around in the crowds? Wouldn't that have been amazing to be there with the disciples? So you could think, oh dear, we missed the boat. (laughs) There was one point in history... For a few people, twelve plus a bit of a bigger crowd of 70 and a few more, where they did have that closeness with Jesus. We're two thousand years late. Oh dear. <laughs> now you wouldn't ex- probably explicitly feel that, but what I challenge you in, in in moments of pressure, in moments of trial, it's so easy for us to think and respond and act and even speak to ourselves as if we're orphans, as if Jesus really is still 2,000 years away, <laughs> a long way away and, 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 and not close to us. So if, you, if for example, you are, you're acting any of these ways, in a moment of pressure, in a moment of loneliness, whatever it is, ask the Holy Spirit to, to help you to see this, That he wants to help you in your thinking. And we we could so easily think like orphans. Now, we all get fearful. We all get anxious sometimes. But if we allow fear or anxiety, for example, to make itself at home in our lives. And really dominate us and dictate to us. How can I be anxious if I really know God's presence with me? The two are incompatible. I'm not saying you should never get anxious, Right? That's our humanity. But if our response is, oh, I'm just here. I've got to sort it out myself. What we're really saying is, God's a long way away. God isn't close to me. Or even putting it more positively, if... if and I fall into this trap many times. If, I, if I'm casual in my approach to God and I'm not pursuing God with all the energy that I should or with the faith that I should, well, it's because actually in my heart of hearts, I think I can't really have this closeness of relationship with God, can I? Can things really be much better than they are for me at the moment? And I want to encourage you And challenge you that we just get used to a certain level of experience. I heard somebody once give this uh, illustration. They told it's a joke, but I wouldn't remember enough to tell us the joke. But like a a fish swims through water and doesn't know it's swimming through water because it swims through water all the time. It just gets used to an environment, and and it's not that we don't know God, but we can just get comfortable. And used to where we are. And I want to encourage you. God's heart for you is so much bigger than you could have imagined. His desires for you. And what is possible for you to experience is way beyond what any of us, myself, have included, have have yet experienced. The good news, of course, is that although Jesus was physically here 2,000 years ago, he said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans he knew we were tempted to think like orphans but he said I'm not going to leave you as orphans I'm going to send you another one to be with you now, you might know that in uh, Greek, the language to which the New Testament was written, they have two words for another. So where way says, another like me. So the first example of other is, imagine Helen has done some online shopping, which she uh, does regularly through Asda, and um, she's, she's ordered some pears. And, uh, and, they, and they come along and so, say, oh, sorry, we're out, we're out of pears. Apples will do, won't they? no no actually you've had that experience (laughs) no I wanted pears apples aren't the same as pears okay that's the first word that's not the word that Jesus used when Jesus says I'm going to send another one like me it means another who's just like me another of the the same essence if you like as me so when he comes you're not going to be able to see the joy. It's not going to be any different from you having uh, me in front of me, in front of you. The Holy Spirit is all that we see in Jesus. When we have the Spirit, we have Jesus. When we know Jesus, we know the Father. One is the exact and full representation of the other. Jesus made provision for us when he was going away so that our experience really could be the same as the disciples' experience. We can know God through the Spirit at least as well as the disciples knew Jesus for three short years. There's something in us that that does think, oh, if Jesus was just in front of me, have you really read the Gospels? Have you seen how many times the disciples got it wrong? Have you seen the this, this number of times the disciples didn't understand, put their foot in it, said the wrong thing? Jesus was right in front of them. And they still were on this journey on a growing relationship. So don't worry when you don't always understand. Don't worry if you don't always get it right for the first time. The disciples didn't. And we're no different. Now, a key to motivating us, therefore, is to really know that just as the disciples knew Jesus, and obviously in some ways it was different when, physically, when Jesus was physically there, but the ground rules are the same. They could know Jesus 2,000 years ago. You can know that friendship and that depth Even though you don't get it, even though you make mistakes, you can have that relationship. The disciples only knew Jesus for three years. I bet a lot of people in this room have known Jesus for a lot more than three years. Okay, so the disciples didn't automatically see everything, understand everything, get everything right. One thing I want to throw out to make a a good point is, have you ever noticed... That when Jesus uh, often taught in parables, he did so to deliberately hide the truth from the casual observer. Okay, so bear with me in a minute. I'm talking about God wanting to know us. But Jesus taught in parables to hide the truth from the casual person. The person there, perhaps, who was just there for the crowd who was just there for the food don't you notice even in church events how many more people turn up when there's food involved (laughs) so there 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 were miracle seekers there were food seekers there were thrill seekers Jesus deliberately taught and he said this explicitly so that seeing they might not see looking they might not understand so what am I saying here God wants us to know him. God wants us to pursue him because he wants to reveal himself to us. But on this side, I'm saying when you look at the New Testament, sometimes Jesus put things in such a way so that it wasn't clear, it wasn't obvious, they didn't understand. What's going on here? The key is this. Jesus, as ever, was looking for people's hearts. He was looking for the right response for people, so Jesus was eager to be found for those who truly wanted to know Him for who He was. You know, in in, in our day, that you, you know you, we get big churches, don't we? We have hundreds and thousands of people, an amazing band, and everything. And I'm not saying any of that is necessarily fake at all. I mean, we've been to mega churches which are just incredible, but there will be some people there just like the music, just like the buzz, just like to be able to say, oh yeah, I go to that church. And Jesus, quite frankly, isn't interested in those things, isn't interested in those motives. doesn't matter what size church you are, you can know him, and he wants you to seek him. So when the disciples didn't understand the parables, because Jesus was... Uh, putting a little veil over it. What did they do? They came to him and they said to Jesus, can you explain it to us? What does this mean? Isn't that simple? Can't we do that? They said to and Jesus' response to them, I I bet he went, yes! (laughs) Or words to that effect in the culture of 2,000 years ago. His response was, to you has been given the secrets of the kingdom so it's not a matter of do I understand everything straight away do I get everything right straight away but when things are tricky when things aren't very clear when you're not sure what's happening if you then come to Jesus he will say to you as well "Ah, to you is given the secrets the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom so yeah there are lots of mysteries In the Christian life. But God wants to reveal mysteries. There is much hidden in God that we don't yet know. That we haven't yet discovered. But God wants those currently hidden things to be found. There are many puzzling questions. But God wants to show you the answers to those questions. Who will he do it to? For those who seek him. For those who ask. For those who knock those who truly want to find him. Let me give you an illustration, which I think really reveals the spirit of this, of, of this. Um, uh, ever been on an Easter egg hunt or seen an Easter egg hunt? Uh, our kids would. It's something that's sort of come over from America, really. So when our kids were young, we didn't do this. It's much more common now. But uh, in our in our church, because we've got some grounds around our building, uh, we did something for the community. What do the adults do? They hide some Easter eggs around. Garden or church grounds, and the children have to hunt for them. Do do the adults hide the eggs so well that the children can't find them, start crying, and the adults say, That's great, we can eat them. (laughs) Very tempting. (laughs) The adults hide the eggs so the children can find them. That's God. That's God's heart. He wants you to search. He wants you to look. You sometimes have to look hard. You sometimes need some clues. You know, like, am I going the right way? Yeah, a bit, bit, a bit warmer if you go that way. No, 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 a bit colder if away from there. We need to keep looking for instructions. We need God's help. But God wants us to find him. And he wants us to, to share, like, in the thrill in the, in the relationship, the process of the relationship of finding him. God isn't a slot machine God where well, you know, we just put the money in, out it comes. There it is. There's the answer, or whatever it is that we're looking for. It's all about relationship, it's all about friendship and and this this, you know if we were to stray over and talking about prayer when we we don't always understand why prayers aren't answered straight away it's the same thing God wants us to share in the process because at the end of the day it's not about you know I can tick this box this has happened uh, that that prayer has been answered I understand this it's about knowing someone And God wants you to share in that. So when things are puzzling, when things are difficult or unexpected, God is inviting you into a dialogue with him. Remember that. Please remember that. Next time, not if, but when it's puzzling. When it's not as you expected. God is saying, great, here's an opportunity for us to talk about this together Here's an opportunity for me to reveal a different facet of my character to you. Here's an opportunity, maybe, for him to reveal something of us to ourselves, which we uh, hadn't reckoned on. God is not hiding things to keep you away. If God hides things, it's to draw you in. It's to encourage you to pursue him. God does not hide himself from us. He hides himself. For us, because he wants to be found. Let me give you just one last example. Um, earlier on, um, uh, I saw uh, Josiah just sort of, sort of half lying uh, across the the, 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 uh, the chairs, uh, like you know, leaning onto to Jen, and that was that, that was lovely. And uh, you know, that reminds me of the picture of the of Jesus with the disciples. Uh, towards the the end of the Gospels, and it says the the disciple John, who Jesus loved, was leaning back on Jesus. now, probably they didn 't have just chairs round a table like what we do for Sunday lunch or something. I mean that would be quite nice you know John's sort of like, like leaning over a bit onto jesus shoulder, probably they had more like couches, and they would Lie back, sort of like half lie back, you know, propping them, themselves up a little bit. So where it says John was leaning back on Jesus, it probably means like his head was resting on his chest. And just as obviously with a mum and a son, there, Jen didn't say, "Look, get off," you know. Jesus did not say to John, "Come on, John, that's that's getting a bit close." <laughs> <laughs> Three meters, whatever it was, you know, <laughs> two meters. Um, he didn't do that. He welcomed that. He was comfortable with that. And I believe that's the sort of intimacy that the Lord wants us to have with him. That so we, as it were, can lean back on him. And, and just playing on this, this illustration, imagine John uh, with his head on Jesus' chest, well, with... One of his ears, he would have been able to hear Jesus' heartbeat. And with the other ear, he would hear Jesus whispering to him. Because he, he asked him a question and Jesus whispered back to him. That's what Jesus wants for you. He wants you to feel his heart. It's, it's not about formulas, about you know, just getting things done. He wants you to know his heart and He wants you to hear his whisper, to to learn what his voice sounds like. Learn the different ways that he wants to communicate to you. And and in that sort of context, it's not all about getting things done, is it? It's about enjoying one another's presence. So to pursue God and his manifest presence, which means knowing who he is. Knowing his love for you, knowing his compassion for you, knowing that he knows you better than you know yourself, and believing and, and increasingly experience the intimacy, the closeness that God has always wanted between himself and his people. Now, we haven't even begun, and we won't look at this morning, to consider what happens when we gather together, because there's an additional dimension, isn't there, when we're praising God together. We're in you know, Psalm 22 talks about God inhabiting the praises of his people. And, we, and there's this presence that we take out with us, you know, the aroma of Christ. Whew, you have a whole series of sermons and all of that sort of stuff. But it starts with us. It starts with us. Things could be at their worst, <laughs> things could be at their most difficult. But Jesus is still close to you, Jesus still loves you. Jesus still wants you to know him better and better. Remember one of the great promises that the New Testament gives us in Hebrews chapter 8, uh, which, which is sort of showing, the you know, book of Hebrews shows the progression and the growth from the old covenant through to the new covenant. What does it say? They will all know me. <laughs> That's the goal of the Spirit coming. They will all know me from the least of them to the greatest. That's your promise today. You, 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 want that, you don't have to get to 100 people before you can know that. You don't have to get to perfection. You don't have to stop arguing with your husband or wife or best friend. <laughs> you can know him from the least to the greatest. Let, let me pray. Lord, we so thank you. We so thank you, Lord, uh, that your, your heart for us is bigger than we could possibly have imagined lord lord we, we we tend to like look at our experience and or human examples and project it onto you and think oh you're a bit better than that but oh god you're the one who sets the standards you are the one lord god who uh, from, from whom all things flow and I, I pray lord god please help us lord by your spirit to uh, to to grasp and to experience lord that that you are close to us and you want to know us, Lord God. You want to see, you want us to seek you, you want us to pursue you because you want to be found. Oh Lord God, we believe that, Lord. <laughs> we say that now, we put this stake in the ground. We believe you're good and you are for us. Oh God, let that shape our our, our heart, let that shape our thinking. Let that shape our responses, Lord, and, and keep teaching us, Lord, uh, increasingly what that actually looks like, Lord. Amen. Amen. And I think there's just one little application just as Ben's hovering. I just, I mean, to be honest, this could apply to any of us any time. But I just felt maybe there's, uh, there's one or more person that you perhaps have... Way to let God really close and it could be for all sorts of reasons it could be because you sort of feel ashamed uh, it could be just that you, you feel inadequate that you really don't deserve that the answer is you don't deserve it but God still wants it it could be because you said, well what, what would happen <laughs> what, what might God put his finger on uh, if if I do let God really close and, and I just felt God wants to say, you know, his, his response to that is like with Adam. He's saying, where are you? Where are you? I want to know you. I want to walk with you. So if, if that's you in, in, in any way, um, recognize uh, a wrong thinking, reject that lie, and, and say, no, Lord. Lord, i open the door to you. Uh, I'll welcome you, you in. Thank you for listening. For more information, downloads, and podcasts, please visit ccblackpool.co.